Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, Big Kurt, on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and share... We've already got the uh, uh, the small talk and chatta out. It is time to talk recruiting. Yeah, let's get to the meat. This is your baby. Yes, love it. So, decent amount of research for this. Yes. Not a terrible amount. I enjoy it, though. Like, the hard part is getting started. Once I get started, I'm having a great time doing it. Okay. So. I think you're being modest. This is quite a spreadsheet that you have put together. It is. Yeah, I got what what I have, 17 tabs here. <laughs> 17 separate spreadsheets. So, obviously, it is tough to verbally explain what is on a spreadsheet. So, this is a data high. You know, it's a high data type of podcast. Um we're going to do our best. You're going to do your best is yeah. probably the, the better way to say it. Yeah, I probably um, won't get into a whole lot of, you know, individual numbers. Um, certainly going through rankings. We're going to tier all the teams. Talk about in-state recruits uh, some of the time. Um, we'll try to make it audio friendly. As much as we can. Um, so I, you know, and if we've, anybody that's listening that maybe doesn't know us as well, um, I got recruited. I got to know recruits at Iowa, and yet I probably have a much lower interest in recruiting yeah. compared to you. But I think that is perfectly fine because I also feel that there is there's a di- there's a difference in college football fans. Some of them are just they are so gung ho into recruiting. Some of them a little. Some of them not hardly at all. I'm probably in the middle. It's fine. It, it's 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 variety is the spice of life. For how college football fans view recruiting. It's one of the fun things for a lot of us about the offseason. There you go. You've got spring football, you got recruiting, then you got the regular season. Don't get me wrong. I follow recruiting. Anybody that thinks that good recruiting doesn't le- typically lead to more wins is crazy. That's obviously the, the case. Um, but anyways, man, this is, your, this is your thing. Where you want to start? Okay, I'll just start off by giving a synopsis of what we're going to do. I'm going to quickly go through the entire conference, top to bottom, best to worst, and, and just quickly describe where each team finished and break those into tiers. Then we're going to go and talk about each individual team and their recruiting class. When we do that, we're going to then go back and reference, when we're talking about Illinois, for instance, because they're the first team, we're going to do that alphabetically. We're going to talk about the recruiting class, but then we're going to go back and just note things that have happened in the last 10 years, trends over the last 10 Great. years for Illinois recruiting. And this is a point I want to stop and say, that I, I, I've got the last 10 years put into a spreadsheet. And if, if you like this, if the listeners like this and want me to go all the way back to 2002, which is the first quote-unquote year of the, the, the you know, uh, modern era of recruiting, yeah. then I can do that, and we can do a 20-year trend sometime later in the offseason. So if you like this, you want to hear more of that, just hit me up on Twitter and say, yes, I would like that. If you would like to make more work for Kurt, Hit him up on Twitter and he will do it. It's actually not that much work uh, to do that. To go back another twenty years on that part of this spreadsheet would would only take like two to three hours. So it's like a half bottle of bourbon for me. Okay, <laughs> it's perfect. All right, start it out. Who, yeah. So who, who do we got at the top? Okay. <laughs> do you have a guess for me? Is it Illinois? Is it red? Is it Purdue? Yeah. Is it red? That could be a yeah. So top to bottom, of course, we're going to start with Ohio State. There are they are the the top ranked class. In the Big Ten, 
again. I'm not sure how many years running it. Well, yeah, actually, just a couple years ago, Michigan actually was technically number one, but it's because they had like 28 recruits. Yeah. Ohio State was the better. It's like 10 plus years in a row that Ohio State has had the, the top class. So it, this is clearly the top class. Five, five stars in this class, 13 four stars, only three three stars. And trust me, they're all high three stars and probably well scouted. So this is an elite class, certainly not a step back for them in any way. Then you take a step down to the next tier. So now we're going to the next tier. The, the Ohio State's in tier They're by in themselves. Their own tier. Yep. So Michigan. So and, and a quick thing to point out, uh, Ohio State with five five stars, the rest of the conference has three. That's a good point. Thank you that, for pointing that out. A, that's a thing. That's right. So Michigan is actually number two, which is impressive. We'll talk more about that. But got to give Khaki Pants credit for being number two after you know having some underwhelming seasons. Let's be honest. He's got one five-star, 12 four-stars, really impressive, and then 10 three-stars. Now, large class. He's tied for the largest number of commits in the conference at 23. At number three is Wisconsin. Boy. Um, that's a big jump up for them, correct? That's a jump up from them. It's a little higher than they normally recruit. If you look back at them historically, they were more in the middle of the conference and still like winning divisions, winning the conference. And they've been creeping up and creeping up. Now they're at towards the top of the, the division, which scares the heck out of me. I don't know what this team is going to look like. How good can they actually get? And how crazy is it that it's kind of seemed to coincide with them not having quite as much success? <laughs> I that's mean, a good point. It's weird. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's... You know, a cause-effect thing there. It's more interesting. Okay, so next is Maryland. Yeah, Locks doing Oof. Locks things as usual. He got himself a five-star. It's a linebacker. We're going to talk about him. He's got four four-stars and 18 three-stars. Now, he is tied with Michigan for the highest number of commits, so that's one of the reasons they're up at number four. Uh, next is Nebraska, which is – they Nebraska usually lives in that four region. So they took, I guess, a little step back, you can say here. No five-stars here, but four four-stars and a lot of things I'm looking forward to pointing out about this Nebraska class that I do like, 16 uh, three-stars here. So number six is actually Penn State, which is going to be shocking to a lot of people that are used to seeing Penn State number two or three. But they and also that's, What I was going to say is with Penn State being where they're at, it's almost like Penn State and Wisconsin flip-flop. That's you would expect Wisconsin to be where Penn State is, and vice versa. That's a good point. Now, if since since you mentioned that, if you look at the average star rating for Wisconsin is eighty nine point oh four, okay, or the average rating, the average rating is eighty nine point oh four. Average rating for Penn State is eighty nine oh seven, so almost identical. But that eighty nine oh seven is actually third best in the conference. So it's not like they took a big step back here. It's just they do have a smaller class, only sixteen commits in this class, which is one of the lower ones. It looks like the. Uh, tied for the 12th smallest class in the conference. So Penn State fans, nothing to worry about. If you're not a Penn State fan, continue to worry. After Penn State, this is number seven is Iowa. So this is going to round out the top half of the conference. They have no five stars, but take a look at this, Greek. See how many four stars they got? Seven four stars. Okay, that is third best in the conference, third highest number of four with stars. A, but with a gigantic jump up being Ohio State and Michigan at 13 and, and 12. But Iowa having more four stars than Penn State, Wisconsin, or Nebraska is crazy. It's not normal. Uh, it's not typical. They have Their recruiting has been inching up and up and up every year. The, the weird part is they're not making huge leaps, and we'll get to that in, in terms of overall Big Ten rankings because, you know, the Big Ten is is trending towards better and better recruiting. Okay, so then talking about the tiers, let's go back a little bit. Ohio State in a tier of itself. 
After that, I would put Michigan, Wisconsin, and I'm going to throw Penn State in there. Okay. okay. As the next tier, those three teams. Because you're you're going by star rating. Yes, because okay. they get penalized for yep. not having as many commits. Yep. The next tier for me is Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota. Minnesota's right there. I'm going to put those four teams. So, so to try to give you guys a little bit of uh, – I'll read these as I go across. We are talking average rating, you know, and – Real quick, not mean to you know jump into your area, but I I I I learned two years ago when you did the first recruiting podcast on just how much the I, I obviously I knew the star rating and the, the average star rating played into it. I didn't know just how much the actual size, the actual number yeah. of dudes in the class actually weighed into your class ranking. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit. Actually. It, it is. It's quite a bit. But it, I mean it. It makes sense yet it's yet it's hard to grasp hard. because you've got more shots at at, at landing at hitting. So it's on a thing. Guys. So it no, is a thing. It is. It yeah. is a thing. So, but also you're you're only you can only recruit as many spots as you have available. So like Penn State, they've already got a really talented roster, but they can only add so many more guys. So I don't know. It's 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 hard. It is hard to compare these classes. So here's how close the the uh, third tier down classes for average star ranking. Iowa, 87.77. Nebraska, 87.65. Maryland, 87.37. And then Minnesota, 87.18. Yeah. So they're, they're very close. They're for... all recruiting on the same level, essentially. Just different numbers of recruits. Okay, so moving on from Iowa, that rounds out the top half of the Big Ten, is Minnesota at number eight. So only 18 recruits, which is unusual. Uh, they they typically get full classes, so a little, little different than what we normally see out of PJ, but four four-stars in this class and 14 three-stars, and they're recruiting at a very high level. They're not recruiting. Uh, this this is one of PJ's pe- best classes. It's, it's his best, if not, or second best. It's one of those, okay. one of the two there. So he's improving. A uh, lot of, lot of which is to- interesting because I feel like the general thought process from PJ naysayers is that this class was a step back. So maybe we'll get into that more when we talk. They're specifically probably just on Minnesota. I don't know. Maybe they're just looking at the overall. I don't know. It's because okay. it's really not. All it's right. really not okay. a step back. In fact, his his high water mark was seventh in the Big Ten, and he's eighth right now. Okay, so not much different. Okay, so that rounds out that tier. Now, believe it or not. Starting the next tier is Rutgers. It's, it, that's insane. Yeah. So the next tier for me is Rutgers, Michigan State, Northwestern, Indiana. Those four teams okay. comprise Another the tier. next tier. Okay. Real quick, real quick quiz. Who is more surprising where they're at in rank to their brethren? Rutgers, where they're at. Uh, Penn State, where they're at. Or Maryland, where they're at. Or actually, I'm, I'm going to do those four. Rutgers, okay. Penn State, Maryland, Wisconsin. Which one surprises you the most? where they're at out of those four teams. I guess Rutgers. Okay. I guess probably maybe it shouldn't though, because Chiano did a great job the first time he was there. Yeah, okay. it's almost besmirching Chiano I know. to think that he can't get him to this high. So that's and actually so, so then it's maybe Maryland, but it's Loxley. I mean we know he's a good recruiter. He's a, he's a good recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm still just gonna go with Rutgers because they've been really bad for I mean, let's be honest, they've been bad for seven yep. ish years. So I'm going to go with Rutgers yep. on that one. Okay, so starting off, this is the ninth best pro, uh, uh, class in the conference is Rutgers. 21 commits. They do have two four-star guys, 18 three-star guys, and they got nine guys from the state of Jersey, which is impressive. I mean, and if you go back – well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to talk about that. Okay. I'll just say we're going to talk about because it it's amazing how well they do 
locally, historically. Yep. Okay, Michigan State, I know we're used to seeing them higher. I can't imagine. Kudos. Re- Honestly, kudos to Mel Tucker. How can you recruit in the, with as a new coach in, in this past year? And not only a new coach, a late hired new coach. Correct. Good point. And then Rona up. Correct. So like, that was just... Do not freak out. This is just, I expect him to take a step forward next year, but one four star here, 18 three stars, did well. Or I'm sorry, uh, uh, did, did well in, in the state of Michigan. Moving on to Northwestern, always one of the lower number of commits, still right in that area, 16 commits, but a decent, decent um, average ranking. Three four star guys, though. That's probably a little more than they're used to getting, and 13 three stars. I can't wait to talk about where they recruit from. They just that just fascinates me. And then Indiana is going to round out this tier. Uh, you might be surprised at this too, but it's a small class. They do have a good average ranking. Their average ranking is actually ninth in the conference. Okay. That's but, a thing. But they're twelfth. So fourteen commits is not much. No, fourteen commits is not much. You got two four stars, eleven three stars. And I do expect this, and Indiana fans, you should expect to see a nice bump next year in their recruiting. I would be shocked if we don't see that. And then this brings us into the bottom tier of the Big Ten here. We have at 13 is Illinois, okay, and Purdue's at 14. Now, let me tell you something. I tell you what, I could the teams that I said to add into for the most surprising where they land – Produce per, one per, of them. Per two is, I maybe should have waited until the, all the teams were done. It's, that. it's odd what a tumble Jeff Brown has taken recruiting-wise. However, let me point this out. Purdue's class is better than Illinois' class. Okay? okay. The average star ranking is an 84 versus it's 95. Almost a, almost a point it, higher. It's, it's a significant difference. Uh, Illinois has more commits at 17. Purdue only has 15. Purdue's got a four-star. Illinois, no four-stars. Uh, so that rounds out the last tier. Now, let's move on and talk about each individual class. And then after we talk about the class, we're going to note the trends over the last 10 years. So we're going to do that alphabetically, starting with my beloved University of Illinois, head coach Brett Bielema. Now, of course, this is Lovey's class, technically. Brett did not recruit this class. Yes, he did get a few transfers, but these guys were all basically on board. But re-recruiting is a thing. Keeping guys around is a thing. Well... He kept them around. Yep. So they are again thirteenth. Don't be fooled. They are. This is the worst. Pro, the worst. Uh, uh, this class in the conference. They have one high three star guy. So no four stars. Okay. The rest of them are three stars. One is a high end three star. His name is Brody Wise Carver. He's from St. Louis area to Smet High School. Offensive lineman, a guard actually. So top five hundred guy, which is a really solid Big Ten prospect. But I tell you what, after that, woof. It really drops off. After that, it's all medium to lower-end three-star guys. There's really just a handful of really Big Ten-type talents in this class. And I tell you one thing that really jumps out to me, just the incredible lack of offensive players in general and playmakers. Okay, so most of these guys are on the defensive side of the ball. Most are on the defensive side of the ball, and the ones that are on the offensive side are just lower-ranked guys. And You know, it's not because – you have those guys already, you know, obviously they're, they're just not Lovey Smith was not landing the guys that he needed to, to have a better offense. Uh, thank God for the transfer portal though. So we're going to talk a little bit about their transfers specifically. So let me, let me, can I add something here yeah. real quick? Um, I believe this is going to be true of both 
Illinois and Michigan State, and it's not going to be Brett Buma's or Mel Tucker's fault. They are going to lose a ton of these guys in this in this class that he's bringing in with them. Yeah, there's no relationship no. there, or or it, it's a minimal relationship when you come in with your first class like that. Yeah, um, when they're that low, uh, a lot of guys simply won't have the the talent level to to be at where Beetle and Mel Tucker wants to be within a year or two. <clears throat> You're going to see a lot of defections. That probably could be viewed as just as much of a good thing as it is a bad thing. Yeah. As as I would predict, fifty percent of these classes are not going to make it their their full four four and a half years. And you know, I, I'm sure that's what Beat was thinking. He recruited every one of these guys that was already committed to Illinois. He wanted every one of them, and he's probably just thinking, you know, the ones that are good enough, they'll they'll hang around, and the yep. ones that aren't will wash out. So. Um, he actually only lost one commit that Lovey had, believe it or not. That's that's, that's impressive. impressive. Yeah. So he did he did his own recruiting job as soon as he got Especially when campus. you think about how to me how different the coaches are. Like, I know. They I mean we had to list all of them all, but there's a lot of differences between the two of them. So to go from a completely different style of dude from one to the other, but he only loses one again, the 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 Beatle impressiveness continues. Yep, and here's one that he didn't lose, which is amazing. Josh Krutz. Remember Olin Krutz? Yeah. His son. He really? was center for the Bears okay. for many years. Okay. Great player, played for Lovey. So his son, a solid recruit, um, like an average three-star guy. So this okay. is a Big Ten okay. Big Ten potential here. He's recruited to play center, and he, he wanted to stick around even after Lovey was gone. But thank God for the transfer portal, which we all know that Lovey loved. Jafar Armstrong comes in, wide receiver from... Notre Dame actually kind of bounced around positions. He didn't seem to really find a place for him. I would expect him to start at wide receiver this year, to be honest with, or at least got a lot of reps. And then a nice safety, Eddie Smith, transferred in from Alabama, as, as well as a few others. So a couple things that I would add, just looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so Lovey's best class uh, when he was at Illinois, which is typically – when you see the first jump up is his first kind of full gear recruiting. Yeah. And remember that, that 2016, he was hired after the class. So it technically was his first class period, but it was, it would be considered for a normal hire your second year, but you're right. That's usually when you start seeing the, the recruiting effects. So his quote unquote first class was 2016. His real first class is 2017. They were ranked 46. Okay. And I tell you, that was a really good class. That was a good class. It was. And it was a, it was an underrated class. The problem with that is they lost what four of their best players in that class. So if we set the over under at 46 for the national ranking of, of Beatles next class that we're going to sign, I would put a lot of money on the under, which is it's going to have a smaller number in front of it. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I'm glad you pointed that out. So that that class, Lovey's first class, was 46 in the country. They had 10 in-state guys. What have we heard basically every every year since then is he can't recruit in-state. Right. He had 10 in-state guys in that first class. I tell you, when that class came in, even though it wasn't a highly ranked one nationally, I was excited. Yeah. I was like, okay. And they, we can build off this. The guys that were on the field last year that would be, I would think, for that, the most part, that, seniors from that class. That's from that class. There were studs in there. There, there were some good football players. There were some there. studs. Yeah. Now, if you go back to this is interesting. So it's technically Bill Cubitt's class. So Bill Cubitt was the interim coach in 2015, but that it was recruited by Tim Beckman before him in 2014. Beckman had the eighth best team or, or um, recruiting class in the Big Ten. Eighth best. Crazy. 
I don't, I be honest with you, I don't remember it being that high. Yeah. But if you look overall, boy, 13, 10, 14, 8, 13, 10, 12, 13, 14, 13. They a lot of double recruit, digits oh, on there. Man. A lot of double digits. They got to get there. down to the single. And again, digits. we're talking about the where Over, they rank in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, because, yeah. you know, that's who you're playing. That's who you're competing against here on the field. So it's who you're competing against when you're recruiting. So, you know, it's one, th- if you look at your team, and, oh, gosh, our average ranking is way better than it was last year. Well, where did you finish in the Big Ten? That's important. Because if you're not out recruiting the guys in your division, it doesn't matter. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. When you're a single guy, you don't have to compete with every guy in the world to bring a chick home, just the ones that are in the bar. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's my analogy. Not recruiting with the ones. All right. So any, any other any other I mean, the only thing I would note? add, which we already kind of touched on, um, Beetle is going to get there by leaning on that Prophetstown, Illinois upbringing and, yep. and connections he made as a Wisconsin coach to put a fence around the state of Illinois. That's going to mostly affect Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, I would think would be the three little schools bit. the most that uh, it, it would affect. Minnesota, because Minnesota. PJ loves PJ to recruit well. Illinois. Thank you. That's a good point. North uh, uh, Ohio State and Michigan will still go into Illinois and take whoever they want, whoever when they, they want when they want to. That's Absolutely. not going to change much. But Correct. the other pecking order of recruits and where they go, Beatles he's throwing his proverbial weight around big time already. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. The proverbial weight. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's move on to Indiana University. Again, twelfth class, but it's not as bad as it looks. They are ninth in the Big Ten in terms of average rating. For their players, uh, the gem here is a nice – got a really nice quarterback. He is a four-star guy, dual-threat guy. His name is Donovan McCulley. He's out of Lawrenceville – or I'm sorry, Lawrence North, not Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville is different. Lawrence North High School, Indianapolis, Indiana. He's a solid three-star, two, 235 overall ranking in the country. This is the heir apparent to Michael Penix, so things are looking good after Penix leaves. Also did well – Plenty of wide receiver talent. They got they got some high three stars, but then they got a couple athletes too that you think could could either play wide receiver or play defensive back. So, you know, kind of sticking with what they've been doing well is quarterback, wide receiver. Again, really small classers, the numbers hurt. Really light on defense, which you wouldn't expect yeah, from Tommy I, Allen. Because you know, when you just said what they've been doing well, quarterback, receiver, I mean Yeah, but uh I mean, their defense is really, but I guess that's just kind of, you know, that's a good point because the defense is more last year's phenomenon. Their defense wasn't fantastic no, two years I, ago and three years ago. Well, I think two years ago is pretty good. Pretty they, good. They've been kind of building. Yeah. But also, it might just have to do with Tommy being a good evaluator, knowing who he wants in his system. I don't know. We'll see. And it probably has a lot to do with need as well. So a number of transfers here to point out. Uh, one from Ole Miss. We've got a... Offensive guard from Michigan. His name is Zach Carpenter. So something that I feel is kind of interesting and unique to Indiana is over the last 10 years, they've had uh, two just two coaches, five apiece, five years apiece, with uh, Wilson before uh, Tommy Allen and Tommy Allen the last five years. So it's kind of interesting to compare the two. Uh, I mean, Wilson had some – he had some wins recruiting. I mean, he had uh, Indiana in the top ten in the Big Ten three different times, eighth, ninth, and ninth. Tommy's only had him in the top ten once. But then you look at the national ranking, 
they're pretty similar for right. where. So really, that's more of probably of a, of a comment on the Big Ten uh, stepping their game up, uh, the, the whole conference across the board. He's done just fine recruiting, especially when you compare him. I would guess if you did the full 20-year deep dive, he's doing well recruiting. He's definitely doing well recruiting, but I will say, I'm glad you pointed out, uh, Wilson did did a lot better than I remember yeah, him doing. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, his two best national uh, rankings, 42nd and, and 48th, that's pretty good. Tommy Allen, he's probably averaging right around 48 i would say but because with his lowest being that one from two years ago at 36 which was eighth in the conference that seems to kind of be their ceiling there a little bit but long story short the talent has upticked a little and we've seen the the results on the field uptick as well yeah that's that's right um but again i i want to point out i really think that you're going to start seeing a bump like here's what i want to see from indiana i want to see them poke their head up into that top half of the big 10 and I they're think close. They, I mean they're close, right? They're, they're close, or they have been. They have been at times. They've they've been. They're not close this year, but I I think with the couple of seasons they've strung together, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do that. There is a reason, and that's if they don't continue the wins this year. You could make an argument yeah. that this year wins on the field matters as much to Indiana as last year. If but you want to keep the keep it going, maybe the case. Yeah. And, and so back to, I just did want to mention one transfer DJ Matthews, wide receiver from Florida state, really high ranked kid out of high school. Um, smallish guy, five eleven, one one uh, eighty, but a talented guy coming to, to uh, Bloomington. All right. Moving on to the Iowa Hawkeyes again, finished seventh in the conference have, Seven four-star players. Again, that's incredible. Only Michigan and Ohio State had more four-star players than the Iowa Hawkeyes brought in this year. Uh, their top two, what position do you think they are? I'm going to say along the line. It's somewhere along the line, and this it happens to be the offensive line this year. So their gem of the class is David Davidkoff from New Trier High School in Winnetka, Illinois. Big offensive lineman, 6'6", 295. He's going to be a tackle. The 149th overall ranked recruit in the country. Their second best is a guard. And then also, got an, what do you think after that? Where do you think they did well after offensive line? Typically, he's either going to be defensive line or every now and then they'll, they'll pull a D-back. But. Yeah, they got a nice weak side defensive end named Justice Sullivan out of Eden Prairie, Minnesota. That's notable because Eden Prairie is very good to the Gophers usually. They usually own that high school. So to get him out of Eden Prairie is really impressive. And then I would say there is a certain skill position player uh, that got pulled out of a certain state just west of Iowa that a lot of Iowa fans are both proud of and have their eyes on. So we'll see how he does. Another thing I'd like to point out, 10 in-state recruits so in this class. It, it's amazing. Let's let's take a pause on that, though. Let, let's give him credit. I want to mention Keegan Johnson. He's from Bellevue West, Bellevue, Nebraska. So he's a four-star guy. He's an athlete. I don't know what, what maybe you have an insight as to where he's going to play, but that is a big pull for the Iowa Hawkeyes out of state. But yeah, 10 in-state guys, which just seems ridiculously high for a a state that doesn't produce a ton right. of in-state talent. Especially when you share that state with another Division One football program, and especially when that Division One football program is apparently led by 
Jesus dressed in all black from head to toe from how we think everybody just loves Matt Campbell, but somehow he doesn't get... I mean, Kirk has been rubbing his dick in the dirt for the past four years, and since nobody else will say it on any other podcast, I'm going to say it right here, and I enjoy it. Well, I got to say, I am shocked at how poor Matt Campbell has been recruiting. Especially it, the last couple of years. It doesn't even seem possible no. to be that good on the field and that bad recruiting. I mean, it's kind of two things at once. It's a credit to his coaching for the, at the recruiting level, yeah. but yet at the same time, uh, not so good for in-state. But man, I mean, this is a class that Iowa fans that I know, this is the one class obviously I can add a little bit more to. Iowa fans are, are excited about it, but Should even be. amongst Iowa fans, and I think especially amongst national people that pay attention to recruiting. I'm surprised it's not getting a little bit more fanfare because it's a good looking class. Yeah. So nationally they're ranked 24th this year, seventh in the big 10. So here's the trend. I want to go from the last starting in 2016. Here's where they finished in the big 10, nine, eight, eight, nine, eight, seven. But they went from all the way from 47th in the country up to 24th in those rankings. I mean, they're basically right in the same area in the Big Ten, but nationally they keep gaining ground, which says something about the Big Ten. It 100% says something about the Big Ten. And, again, using the analogy, if you're going to you know, keep up with the dudes in the bar that you're competing against, it's pretty important that you do that, and I'm pretty proud of this Iowa staff for, for sticking with it and, and being able to hang in the game like that. And, strangely, you go back to 2013, can you believe he had the 12th-ranked team in the Big Ten? And back then there was only – 12 teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. That was Kirk Ferentz. Then he, he had it three years in a row, 12, 12, 12. Then he w- jumped up to nine. So this is this is higher than they have done ex- historically. You got to go back to 2012 when they had the seventh best team in the Big Ten. But that was with, again, only 12 teams. So, yeah, Im- impressive showing by the Hawkeyes. And I, and I don't know if this is really that great of a analogy or comparison, but – uh, in 2017, they signed 11 in-state recruits. That yes, year, okay? right. That, that was a high year. Coincidentally, that's been in the middle of a good run of Iowa football. Okay. I don't know. One would like to think the more in-state recruits you have, this you, this could be for any team, you know, a higher level of in-state recruits you have, maybe a little bit more pride for the, you know, team that's a across the front of their jersey maybe it kind of helps to you know team morale and things like that i don't know no i think it does but then also a state like iowa i don't know what the number is but i'm guessing they probably only put 15 power five players out a year somewhere on there that seems high but you'd be you'd you'd know better than me i'm not talking about you know uh fbs i'm talking about power five players yeah that seems high that's too high so but okay but they've they got 10 yeah so i mean that would mean they're. Basically- I just I can't picture hardly any other players in this class or Iowa's class that went elsewhere to like. There was a couple. Don't get me wrong. Like, but there was ne- a ton. Nebraska, Nebraska alone has a couple of them. Yeah, but they're but they're not much more outside of that for Power Five unless you count Iowa State. I mean, I know <laughs> like, I know this is not a a Big Twelve podcast, but where is Matt Campbell getting his players from? He's getting he's getting some of them stayed. Don't get me wrong, but but I, then again, that, I don't. But that that would be the the uh, debate is were they a power five level? Or yes, of course. Taking, I'm I'm just saying if he's only getting recruited whoever this guy is. Not that this is a bad thing. You are a fantastic football player if you're only getting recruited by Mac schools. Okay, 
But if your only offers are max schools and then Iowa State grabs you, are you a power five recruit or are you a guy that Iowa State just came in the last minute to grab? Right. And obviously you can't say that about the Iowa class this year because it's so highly ranked. But at some point, let's go back to 2017, that 11 in-state guys. Yeah. I, I guess the point at some point that's too many. Maybe, maybe. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I, I I swear to God, I hear how Kirk Ferentz has hard time holding on to the players in the state. We have data right on the screen here that says that's not the case. They well, do no, that's great inside the state of Iowa. No, that's definitely not the case. I mean, you can go back the years prior to this one, four in state, five and five. That may be a little on the lower side, but again But it's all about the crowd. You wanna get the guys that are going to help you. You just don't you want to take guys just because they're in state. Right. And another thing that I think at least played into this a little bit, I think you could see it even more next year. Very hard for uh, uh, recruits to travel in and get to know these coaches because next year this pod is going to be off the hook because everything's been so disruptive. Sure. My guess is teams would lean more on in-state recruits during a time when they can't see kids That's a good point. as much because it's easier to travel in, see them, and vice versa. Well, and recruits probably lean more on the in-state schools because it's what they know. It's something that we're going to – it's going to have to play out. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Maryland now. So Maryland, again, finished fourth in the conference. Locks doing locks things. 23 commits, so that's the biggest class tied with Michigan in the conference. Boy, it, it's hard to get a five-star guy when you're not one of the Blue Bloods. And they got this inside linebacker, Terrence Lewis is his name, from Miami Central. Five-star guy, 6'1", 200 pounds. That's the gem of this class. But they got a number of four-stars, too. Their next highest-ranked guy is an outside linebacker. They got, uh, let's see, scrolling down, sorry. Uh, they got a weak, weak side defensive end. By the way, he loaded up on defense. Loaded up on defense. Their next highest one, defensive tackle. Their next highest one, defensive tackle. I mean, they, they absolutely loaded up on the front seven. In this class. Now, here's the weird thing. Over, so overall, they have 13 defenders and nine offensive guys. They have one offensive line recruit in this class. Hmm. But you know what they also have? Four tight ends. Hmm. So that tells me they're going to transition a couple of those tight ends to tackles or you know, wherever they fit. But it, this is an odd mix of position. So you said, you know, it's hard to have a five-star or any high recruit go to a non-blue blood like Maryland. Even harder to go to Maryland to play defense when they have not shown a lick of doing that at any point during the locks regime. Nope. How, how, how's he pulling this stuff off, man? I, I don't know. I mean, look at, look at his last three years since he's been there. National rank, yep. 47, 31, 18. He cuts that thing in half in time. He's going to be in the top 10 in the entire country in recruiting. This is insane. Yeah, he's 18th he over in the country. I mean, I would, to the point where I would love to see Locks on a recruiting call. I want to see what this guy sounds like, man. I would like that too. Uh, he yeah. has got to be the smoothest dude. But okay, so now that we're talking about. Unless you get into, you know frivolous things but we're going to kind of leave that alone here yeah. and just go under merit but yeah so one thing i want to point out though also about this class this is astounding they have nine players from the state of maryland but they also have three from dc which i mean it's basically maryland yeah. right they do it incredibly well locally and i mean there's a ton of talent there so i guess they should but if you look at where they've recruited overall. It's insane. How do they not get more out of what I have? I mean, look, they they have only, to to 
you know, try to picture their listeners, try to picture what's on the screen. Essentially, you have a team, right? And then underneath it, you have a list of numbers. If you have numbers in the double digits, it's bad. Okay. You want for Big you, Ten ranking. For Big Ten ranking. You want the smaller numbers. This is like golf. You want the smallest Correct. number that you can go with here. Maryland has one, one year where they were ranked in the double digits in the Big Ten. Yep. So that means nine out of the last 10 years, they were somewhere around the f- top half of the Big Ten in recruiting. Oh, no. They were top half in all those. Seven, 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 all four, them, five, six, for four. Yes. Nine out of those nine. So, I mean, technically, so we're also looking at two Randy Edsel years here, which which were in different conference, and then two Randy Edsel in conference. So the, the first two were six and six from – Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. That is where they would rank right now in the big. Would That's have ranked right. in the Big Ten. That's it's right. Where That's they why they're highlighted in the Big Ten. Yes. Right. Um, but if you had, if you asked a recruiting novice, of which I think probably I'm at that level, and said, "Okay, over the last ten years, rank these Big Ten teams in order of where you think their recruiting classes sure. would have been," I bet you I would have had Maryland around. 11th or 12th. Yeah. And they're they're closer to like 6th for average yes. over the last 10 years. Correct. It's insane. Unbelievable. But does they don't not win. But does they don't not win. show up on the field. No. And you know, I really thought Durkin, he so he takes over. His first class is 7 even though that's really Randy Edsel's class. Jumps up to 4, next one's 5. I thought when he was there before the you know, fortunate death happened and he got he got uh, terminated. I was really scared of Maryland. I thought that, oh my gosh, because he was recruiting even higher than they were used to recruiting. But then they took a little step back here. But Locks is getting them right back up there. So credit to him. Way to go, Locks. Moving on to Michigan, second overall in the Big Ten. Let's just stop and let's appreciate what a good recruiter that Harbaugh is. Oof. I don't know how you pull in the second best class after the couple of years you have had. Okay. It's astounding. Obviously, the the name across the front of the jersey plays into this a lot. Sure, but it doesn't completely explain what Harbaugh is able to do with these recruiting classes. It doesn't. I'm now. Let's hold that thought. Let's talk a little bit about this class. JJ McCarthy is their gem quarterback. Everyone's really excited about him. Uh, pro style guy, out of actually IMG Academy, though he transferred from Nazareth High School in Northern Illinois. So technically an Illinois guy, but the 24th overall recruit in the entire country. Now, my question is, when I look at a Michigan recruiting class, I look at the skill guys, and I want to know who is the playmaker. So here's a few names for you. Donovan Edwards running back. That sounds like a Michigan player. It it does kind of. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Donovan Edwards. Haven't they already had a Donovan Edwards? Well, the Edwards receiver and Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think you're you're just – we're just mashing them together. Uh, so Tavir Dunlap, running back, and Xavier Worthy, wide receiver. Those are the their highest ranked guys at the this running back wide receiver position. I just don't understand how they can't get more out of those positions. So I just keep waiting and waiting for it. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. And you can say the same thing out of their quarterback. Um, when you are Good point. that, you know, again, I, I'm not – I'm not a genius at this, but I've at least dug in enough to recruiting and listening to other recruiting podcasts. There are a lot of eyeballs on a guy at that level, meaning McCarthy, their quarterback. Okay. You don't get that highly ranked for just one scout seeing you and falling in love with you. There's a lot of eyeballs on a guy. A lot of eyeballs for sure. That would mean there's a lot of eyeballs that would have to be incorrect for what talent he brings to the field. 
we should see some we should see some success out of this kid. Okay, so they got Cade McNamara right now. They got that's the, fresh, the battle. That they, seems they got, to be the battle. So, but don't let's not forget they did get a transfer, Alan Bowman from Texas Tech, oh, yeah, yeah. who was a solid yep. player. So, yep. I, I do think they needed to do that because you can't just say okay, it's either going to be this freshman or Cade McNamara. So, I think it's probably going to be more of a three way battle okay. personally. Okay. But I hope to God they get more out of one of these guys than than they have been getting. Boy. Because it's been so do, so do Michigan fans. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, obviously, not only are they all. I mean, obviously, all single digits for a Big Ten rank. The worst Big Ten ranking they've had is fifth, and that was uh, Harbaugh's quote unquote first year. Right, not really his first year. So really, hoax last class. Which so that so thing you kind of you throw that out. A dumpster fire at that. point. They have nothing worse than third on the page here for a big 10 rank. They're pretty much either first or uh, they're pretty much second across the board. Uh, And then national rank, the highest they get, they got again, throw it out, but it was 37th with that same class. Other than that, they're almost always in the top 15. Yeah. The one that's kind of amazing in uh, 2018, they were third in the Big Ten, 22nd national. That's a dip down. Yeah. That's that a, could have been a numbers thing, too. We'd have to go. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Into that. But long story short, you know, there's a lot of things that you can get on khaki pants for. Recruiting simply is not one of them. It's not. But then I wonder, does Michigan just not do the a great job of scouting? You I, know, because they, they are they getting fed info yeah. by the recruit Knicks that are out there that are like, Hey man, if Harbs is going to keep giving us $50,000 for our services, right. We'll just keep doing what we're doing instead of them actually doing their, their job, which is getting to know the actual kids and actually seeing them play. You have to bring that into the conversation when you look at the lack of success yep. Michigan's had, or maybe they're just star chasing relative to their recruiting. I mean, correct. To, Rel- yeah, yeah. Right. But maybe it's just star chasing too. Like he mm-hmm. just wants the highest stars. He doesn't care where they fit. I think if it fits a scheme, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't that sound like Harms? It does. Like I, I want, I want the best recruiting class I can get, the highest ranked recruiting class I can get. I think there could be something to I'll that. Jump in a pool, man! I'll stay overnight. I'll climb a tree. I think there's something to that. Yeah. So, I, I just, I'm, I am impressed, but it's kind of like a Maryland situation. You know, it's like Maryland's like the poor man's Michigan situation, where they're recruiting really, really well, but they, they never achieve to the same level on the field. Boy. Good job, khaki pants, though. Yeah. Way to go. Yep. Okay, moving on to Michigan State. The Spartans finished 10th, but again, do not panic. Do not panic. This is the worst year ever to have your first true recruiting class for for uh, uh, Mel Tucker. How do you recruit? If you've never met these guys ever? Yeah. Um, our boy, our boy Tutter Doug, he sent me a video, and it was Mel Tucker um, kind of talking through that a little bit. It's only about a five-minute video. It's pretty good, and... You know, I didn't feel like Mel Tucker was making an excuse. He basically was just telling you exactly chronologically how okay. it went down. And you're like, there's no way. No, there's no. no way you can pull that thing. Like, I, I don't know how you can. So, I mean, again, it's just it, it. it's what went down. And the other thing, too, to add on top of it, it's not like the the transition was smooth. You know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't no. a, a uh, one coach passing, you know, the baton off to the other one type of deal. There was it was a complete reset, and for kind of not so fantastic reasons. So it, it was about as crappy of a situation to put a new coach in as can be. I mean, I I'm not sure if I'm going to go so far as to say I'm impressed that they finished tenth, but I just don't know how you could do much better than that. Right. So 
I reached out to our buddy Kevin at Standing Room Spartans. Give him a follow on the Twitters at Standing Room MSU. He also has Standing Room Spartans podcast all about the Michigan State Spartans. Wanted to get his take on this. And he said, you know, obviously not a great class. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But he he does his his thing was it, to me, it's a high ceiling, low floor type of class. It could kind of, you know, it, it's a gamble as as lots of risk. So, um, as Jerry Seinfeld said, it's a gamble. I get it. So only one four star here. But the one that uh, really stuck out for. Well, hold on. Let's talk about. Uh, this guy for outside linebacker. So this this is the four star Maa Gatiote. Have no idea if that's how you pronounce it. Gatiote out of Bishop Gorman High School, Las Vegas, Nevada. So outside linebacker, hundred and sixtieth ranked guy in the country. But Kevin at Standing Room Spartans likes Alex Okilo from Pearl Cone High School, Nashville, Tennessee. Weak side defensive end, just a uh, mid range three star guy. Only top thousand player, but he's tall, six five. He's thin right now, and he's put on some weight. Long arms. He's only played two years of football, so really raw. That's the guy that he says keep an eye on. Uh, also, tons of transfers, which is a good idea for yeah. Mel Tucker right now. And and you're talking about transfers from Louisville, Arizona, Michigan, Florida, Auburn. Uh, so you know, probably solid players there. So let's take a look at what they've been doing historically. Pretty good. I mean, this was another one that jumped out at me. Until these last two classes, again, which is kind of understandable, they've never been in the double digits in the Big Ten. Nope. All during the snake oil time. I mean, their average class rank, if I'm just going to eyeball this, would probably be the fourth or fifth best in the Big Ten, right all, during, all during snake oil? Pretty much the whole thing. He started tailing off a little bit at the end. He went from fives, fours, threes to six and seven. But, yeah, if you're looking at overall four or five, fourth or fifth best in the Big Ten. Now, yeah. the weird thing is I've read enough into Michigan State background that they got themselves into trouble when they started going after the higher-ranked that's recruits, right. and that's what kind of was the – led to the demise, if you would, of the end of the last regime, they actually probably did better with those classes that were around fifth or fourth in the Big Ten exactly because right. they were good enough to have talent, but yep. not so good that they got them into trouble and that that uh, staff went really well. My take is that's not going to be Tucker's thing. He's going to want to get them as high in the Big Ten for recruiting. He is going to be a recruiting first coach in my opinion. I think that's probably true. So, yeah, let's talk about that. You're, you're you're talking about the 2016 class, the famous 2016 class, which finished third in the Big Ten, but 17 overall in the country. And Michigan State Spartan fans thought, okay, we just took this, this college football playoff appearance and we springboarded that into this great class. This is going to be us getting up to that next level where we can start competing for national championships. And it fell apart. That yep. entire class was an absolute disaster. It's a 30 for 30 dang near. I would love, it's pretty interesting. I would love to see that. Yeah. There's a lot of layers to what, there what went on there. Yep. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Mel Tucker's going to go I, after the stars. I think one thing that's going to be interesting is uh, much like, not the exact same, but similar to how Lovey just did not do his job in state. Uh, Mel Tucker needs to do better inside the state of Michigan. And I what I hear a lot from Michigan State fans is especially around Detroit. I don't think I don't think Snake Oil did well, had good relationships with the power brokers that be, for okay. lack of a better term, in and around Detroit. My guess is Mel Tucker will do just fine in that vernacular. Moving on to the Minnesota 
Golden Gophers head coach P.J. Fleck finished eighth this year in the Big Ten Conference. And like I had mentioned before, this is P.J.'s best class. If you're looking at a conference ranking since 2018, he was seventh. But this was a fantastic class for him. Uh, really, Fant- wanna- Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, in terms of Gopher, and we'll get to that. Let's it just, is good. Why don't we just pause there? Let's not even talk anymore about that yet. Uh, so the one of the gems here, defensive end, strong side defensive end, Devin Eastern out of Shakopee, Minnesota, four-star guy. But I tell you what, I am really impressed with the way this guy recruits quarterbacks. They got this guy, a, a, he's, he's a low four-star, but Ethan Kaliakmanis out of Antioch, Illinois. If you watch this guy throw, he's got an impressive arm. They, they've already got a stacked quarterback I was going to say, it's not like, room. right. And he keeps bringing guys in, and nobody's leaving. That's impressive. Another impressive guy, Steven Ortiz. He's a cornerback out of Goodyear, Arizona. And then he got a really high, highly ranked, of course, this is what the Gophers do, running back, Marquise Irving, out of Country Club Hills, Illinois, Hillcrest High School. Um, the, the weird part, as well as P.J. does – with the quarterback and you know and, and and overall he just does not do well in state i don't okay. know what it is i, I mean if you weren't going to get there i was going to get there so um like okay the recruiting in the last 10 years of minnesota is an interesting thing to me it is. in and of itself because i think the general consensus was everybody liked jerry right everybody loved jerry soda uh, jerry sure. kill everybody but his classes were dung they I mean, were terrible. They were not good. Cl- I mean, his best class for the data we have here is 11th in the Big Ten, 57th in the country. That's not good, right? And then his in-state recruits, his the, the latest we go back here, he had 10 in-state recruits 10 years ago. Okay, yep. that's a lot. Then one, two, and two his last three years. Yep. He wasn't bringing home Hold on. in-state recruits. Then he jumps up to eight. But But – that's big boy. Technically, well, I mean, it's Kill's class, but okay. it it's, gets credited to big boy. Okay. Big boy Clay's. So but, it technically was Kill's class. Now, but I still think there was a little bit of, we knew, you know, Jerry wasn't doing good health-wise. So there was kind of something going on there with Clay's taking over and stuff like that. Then it goes to PJ. Okay. And then this is interesting. But it is good me. that you point out that Kill had his, his own struggles. Th- th- like, I think there's more of a comment on... The, the University of Minnesota football program's failure to recruit in-state as opposed to putting it all it's on probably PJ. Fair. That's okay? probably fair. But his first year in, he did pretty darn good. Yep. Sometimes you maybe are scraping up who you can get, but he got five in-state recruits. Yep. Then it goes four, three, three, two. It has steadily dropped down one or so in the recruit, but um, that second year – you know, the second year bump, he did good. Seventh in the Big Ten. Yes. 38th in the country. That is by far the best class that's on this screen right in front of us here, I well, I, I think. Well, except for this one. He also uh, Pretty so, close. Pretty close. So he finished this year 38th and 8th. Yeah, boy, 38th is their number now. He, he loves the it. number 38th because yeah. last year he also finished 38th. Three, uh, three of the last four I'm years. I'm just going off of that has the number one slot for me now. Because we saw the dudes that were in there. Good point. I'm pretty sure Bateman was in that one. Like there were studs in that class that 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 panned out. Some of them are still on the field. But I just like you. You said kind of like you don't know. You re- I mean you don't know as far as what's going on 
with Minnesota in the state of Minnesota. Because obviously he's a good recruiter. If he finishes eighth in the Big Ten, seventh in the Big Ten, ninth in the Big Ten, that's it means you you do pretty do pretty well overall. So if you're a good recruiter, and this year he only gets two in-state guys, that's just strange to me. Is it because uh, there's there's two things, there's two explanations. Well, there's more than two, but these are the two that come to my head. Number one, there's just not that much talent that's it's not been, a ton. No, I mean. W- I'll say this, like you said that you guessed at the state of Iowa that there's 15 kids in state that are that are power five uh, level quality, whatever. Yep. Do you think there's that many in Minnesota? Yeah, it might not be that many. I don't know. Why is that? There's more people in Minnesota than there is in Iowa. Yeah. What is the deal with that? That goes back to my hockey theory that I think that sport takes away a lot of potential. Well, well, maybe that's D1 players. But so that's one explanation is just kind of the overall funkiness of Minnesota producing division one football players. After that, is it a situation where his personality with the, you know, more Nordic uh, subdued Minnesota personality type of yeah, coaches maybe. just does not mesh with PJ. I guess the thing for me that jumps out is like his, uh, usually the best recruits in the state, they go to Wisconsin. They lose a lot to Wisconsin. They lose some to Iowa. If they're really, really high level, they usually go to Notre, Notre Dame, Dame for some, whatever reason, some, for whatever yeah. reason. But he, he can never, he, there's guys that are gettable that, and again, it's not just him because we talked about kill that they just don't get. And I think a lot of that has to do with a person that grows up in the state of Minnesota. Yeah. This is, they're just, and I'm not talking about our listeners. Okay. Cause there are listeners and I feel like I've done a crappy job of that in the past. We have a ton of gopher fans that are diehard gopher football For sure. fans. They yeah. are big time, you know, invested yeah. into the program. We ain't talking about you. Right. In fact, I believe those people, complain about the other Minnesota fans as much, if not more than, than we ever would because those fans drive them nuts. Unfortunately, those fans outnumber the listeners of our podcast, Minnesota fans. I think that hurts their recruiting because those kids are like, they don't even like this team and program here that much. I'm going to go elsewhere. I mean, it, it, it is, it's got a little bit of Illinois feel to it where Chicago has no allegiance to their state school. I think you get a lot of that in Minneapolis and St. Paul where there's just not a whole lot of allegiance because they're both pro towns, right? You know, it's not like, it's not like Iowa where there is no pro team. So the college teams are the pro teams. Great point. So another one to point out the other, their other Minnesota recruit, Logan Purcell from Annandale. He's an offensive tackle, six, seven, big guy. So sticking with those big, tall offensive linemen for PJ, um, anything else to say about the the class, the, no. the history there? Okay, yeah. so then we'll move on to the Nebraska Corn Huskers. So they are fifth in the conference with 20 commits. Um, so the, the one trend I want to just point out overall is this may be just a small step back from what they're used to doing. Used to be in four and in that 88 range. Now they're fifth in the 87th range. But what, what I'm seeing... And I'm going to say a lot of good things, but I'm going to point out this one thing first. Wisconsin seems to be taken over as the, the top recruiting program in the West. Iowa seems to be catching up to Nebraska. Minnesota seems to be catching up to Nebraska. So there is a little bit of cause for concern there. But here's one thing I really like about this class. Scott Frost 
up until this point, has been going nationally and just getting the best, the highest-ranked guys he can find from Florida, Texas, California, you name it. Those guys have left, a lot of them, right? He got a lot of guys from closer to home. He got a bunch of guys in-state, five in-state guys. He got guys from Iowa, South Dakota, Michigan, so more Which are, more Midwest. Our, our guy, Honky, uh, uh-huh. um, has been talking about wanting to see for the longest time since I've been listening to him and know him, so... You know, it I mean, it seems to be coming home. And they sprinkle in other ones, too, because you do have to do that. So they sprinkle in guys from Hawaii in this class, California, Georgia, Texas. So they're not avoiding those. They just are cutting down on the numbers and staying closer to home. So I think what you're going to see is more of these guys are going to stay and not take off. And the, the craziest thing about it is them dropping back in the recruiting rankings could potentially lead to them being a better football program because they, instead of getting the flashy high guys that I, I don't think stick, you know, I mean, I think we've got a lot of data with that because those guys leave because they're just not quite as good as they, their tape or their star says they were that hurts the program. What I'm wondering is, is Scott Frost finally doing a better job on one thing. Okay. It is very important to to know who to recruit. You know who I th- what I think is also important to know who not to recruit. Absolutely, he has done a awful job at. That. I'm sorry, but that's that's my belief. He has not done a very good job with that. Maybe with what we're seeing in this class, you're actually seeing that come to fruition where he's not doing that as much anymore. I think so. So their gem is Thomas Fedone, a, a tight end. They've had a great tight end room. That I think it's actually Fedoni. Is it Fedoni? Yeah, pretty sure. Okay, Thomas Fedoni. I mean, I, I've talked a lot about how much I've liked the tight ends and I, how I thought they, they've been underutilized a little bit in the Scott Frost era. So hopefully they don't continue that. Hopefully, I mean, this this guy's the 93rd overall recruit in the entire country. He's out of Council Tucky, Iowa. Council Bluffs right over there, right over the river. So it's essentially Nebraska East, so he's staying home there. The next highest recruit is Nebraska. You look down the line, South Dakota, another Iowa guy, Nebraska. Michigan, Nebraska. Um, then they start going out to Georgia, Utah, Connecticut. Another Iowa guy, Hawaii, Jersey, Texas. Another Nebraska guy, a Florida guy. So another Omaha guy. I'm just go, I just keep going down. So there's a lot of, you know, proximity to the campus. That's what I really like about this class. And I think Nebraska fans that have paid attention over the years, they they should too. And then it's just crazy. It's like. You know, we talked about how good Michigan State classes have been. Iowa, Wisconsin, we'll get to Wisconsin. Like, there's been a lot of of continuity with those classes. They all look kind of the same, but they still have a class here and there. All those teams that I just named where they get into the double digits. Not Nebraska. The worst they have ever got in the single digits as far as Big Ten ranking has been sixth this entire time. Worst class they've ever had in relative to Big Ten terms, and that was in Bo, the Bow years, right? That in which seems like like a two lifetimes ago. I know ago. So their worst ranked class in the last ten years was that same one, which was thirty fifth naturally uh, nationally. Other than that, they're pretty much consistently in the top twenty five. Yes, it's crazy, and and even top twenty seventeen a couple years ago. And look at the Big Ten, basically averaging fourth best in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So the the moral of the story, keep them in Lincoln. One more thing I did want to point out is a transfer running back 
from USC. Yep. Hear about this guy? Yep. So our buddy Jim in Minnesota loves this guy, Marquis Stepp from South or uh, Southern Cal. This guy was a, a four-star guy coming out of high school and uh, 24-7. I should, I should stop and mention this. 24-7 sports is where I get all this information. They have the composite rankings. That's why I use them. So 24-7 sports, go visit them. They're, they're now doing transfer rankings for not all the transfers, but some of them. But he's basically right on the edge of a four-star as a transfer. He didn't really step back, which is saying that he did well at USC. To me, I don't watch a lot of USC football. But a, apparently, big, strong running back, six foot 235, so power runner. And I would expect a lot of carries for him this coming year. Moving on to the Northwestern Wildcats. Oh, you want to talk about two complete opposite programs, what they do with the talent ranking play to go from Nebraska to Northwestern because pretty much all I see on the screen here is big numbers. It's crazy, right? So they're 11th this year, which is kind of their wheelhouse. 11th in the Big Ten, a lot of times even lower. So they are recruiting at a higher level, probably nationally, but they're not really climbing up that Big Ten ladder, so to speak. Um but I, I can't criticize this class. They, they always get a lot out of it. I love looking at the state breakdown for Northwestern. Uh, they, Michigan is the leading state this year. Why? I have no idea. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's where they went this year. Yeah. Next uh, highest one, Ohio. They got two guys out of Illinois, two out of North Carolina, one all for Alabama, Connecticut, Indiana, Mississippi, Texas. I mean, you got to think part of that is there's only so many dudes that can just get in to Northwestern? Well, it's not just getting in. I mean, it's it's staying there. Like, yeah. you got to get the right kind of guy that's that is going to study. It, you know, and obviously, they discipline is high up on the list of attributes that they're looking for. And so, I can't com- They, by the way, they always do this. They always recruit nationally. They don't just you know let's recruit Chicago and then find these other guys because they have to. It's such a unique place, so they have no choice but to do this. But the thing is, none of these guys leave. They almost never leave. That's the amazing part. So where have they been really deficient recently? Wide receiver position, but they get a nice one here. He's a four-star kid, Jordan Mosley, out of Mobile, Alabama. They also get, speaking of transfers, they get Ryan Holinsky, the transfer quarterback out of University of South Carolina, which I'm expecting him to probably be the starter this year. Um, Another athlete, not sure if they're going to put this guy at wide receiver, but sound familiar? Calvin Johnson, the second? Really? But it's not. There's no, no relation. Could I figured, well, me. it's got to be. I, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and so I should also point out that I, I asked Tim Chapman, our buddy from WildcatReport.com, which is a rivals recruiting site. Should also mention he just released a book, Champion Underdog, about the 1995 Big Ten Rose Bowl uh, a Wildcat team and, and Big Ten championship team. So I asked him for his input here, and he had pointed out Jordan Mosley, who I already mentioned. He was originally committed to Tennessee, and then you know how I'm sure you've heard Tennessee had the, this this amazing recruiting class. All these guys coming now they're scattering like rats from a right. sinking ship. Right. Well, it's one of those high ranked guys that mm. that that flipped from Tennessee over to Northwestern. Well, you want to talk about a different environment? Oh man. <laughs> That, but, that's about as that's about as different as it gets. But I guess all I can say is that like they're recruiting, like they always recruit. I know, so, I, had, I 
I hate to do it because I hate when teams do this to Iowa or, or podcasters or whatever do this to Iowa, but I don't know. There's not much to add here because the classes are all consistently look very similar as far as ranking where they're at in the Big Ten nationally. The results on the field are kind of the same thing. Like we're going to he there's going to be two studs in this class. There's going to be eight guys that are just darn good football players, couple misses because that happens to everybody. It's just it's gonna be another Northwestern class. Okay, let me ask you this. How do you think Ryan Holinsky is gonna do? Fine. He's going he's to, gonna he's do going just to fine, have success. Right? Yes. Everything's gonna be fine. Yes. And you know what? What you know what they what else they have a quarterback? Nothing. And it's gonna work out for him. Yeah. They're just they're just gonna say, oh we'll we'll just grab a guy and it'll be fine. He'll work out. Yep. And he will. Yep. That's that's what I, so if you look back at their history, recruiting history, their highest in the conference was eighth. Of course, that was Fitzy. That was back in 2014. But yeah, they're always in that 11-12 area. Yeah. Ne- and never a ton of guys in state either. They just no. pick a couple guys that they really think will work out, and then yeah, we'll go to every other state in the union. Okay, so be prepared for them to do really well on the field in the next <laughs> year. Yep. For you. Okay, moving on to these guys. Uh, just browse real quick through this so the funny thing is what i just said for northwestern it kind of looks the same every year the results on the field look the same every year yeah. kind of applies to these guys too yeah so ohio state of course first in the conference uh their their lowest ranked player this is interesting lowest ranked player is higher than the highest ranked illinois player <laughs> oops that's that's not great bob not great bob so their two lowest ranked players are almost four stars and they almost have all four and five stars. Like basically every Something guy. Something to shoot for. Every guy. They have five five star players. Yeah. Again, there's about 35 star guys in every class. And then class. what's incredible is how stacked their wide receiver room is, and they just keep bringing them in. They keep bringing them in, but they've, they kind of flipped they, to they, more defensive heavy yeah, this year. Yeah. They went a little more defensive heavy. Their gem is strong side defensive end from Pickerington North, right there in Ohio. Jack Sawyer, he's the fourth overall com- composite recruit in the entire country. And then, of course, you always got to have a five-star quarterback. So Kyle McCord happens to be that guy this year, St. Joe's, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's the 27th ranked guy. He's a pro-style guy. So they've been sticking with that pro-style, not dual-threat guy that, that Ryan Day seems to like. Um, this might recognize this name, Marvin Harrison Jr. Wow. Out of St. Joe's prep as well in, in, in Pennsylvania. So he's the 97th ranked player in the entire country. So, yeah, they, they still got their wide receivers. Don't They're, they're going to have guys to throw to. Everything will be just fine. So let's take a look at what they've been doing nationally here. Ohio State. Uh, hmm. Pretty good. Um, so, so the one year they're third. But if you recall. So what, well, which is, okay, what is hilarious about this is we've already pointed this out with uh, Minnesota, Illinois. I mean, pretty much any, uh, Michigan State, pretty much any team that has a coaching change, that first weird year, Yep, it's a drop down. Usually, right? yeah. Even Ohio State had that happen to them. Well, okay. where, where it switched from urban today, true. It was it was a little bit of a messy end there. Good so point. it it hurt them. So they dropped all the way from the first class in the Big Ten to the third, and the second class in the country to the fourteenth. But they rebounded pretty quickly back to the first ranked class in the Big Ten and the fifth in the country. There is only one year that anomaly year 
where they haven't been the highest ranked class in the Big Ten this entire time, and it's the only year where they haven't been in the top ten and pretty much they're always second, third, or fourth. Yep, but I should also point out that was a small class in 2019. They were the high, they did have the highest average ranked player, so it's not like they were taking a really a step back. The one thing I do want to point out, if you look at the in-state guys over the years, um, they have really gone away from Ohio guys, which is interesting to me. But I think they're just getting more selective. If you look back at the, the, the one fickle year, okay, they had 14 in-state guys. The next year, 16, 10, 9, 12, 10. Those are all herbs. Then they drop down. They start dropping down. Under the, herbs. Under herbs from 10 down to 6 and 5 with day 5, 8, and 6. So I almost There's feel like so it's— so many five stars. Right. I, th- I think they And just, high four stars. They're like, able to be more selective than they were in the past. I mean, if you only have, quote-unquote, only— I'm just making this up. I don't know what their actual numbers are. Six guys in the state of Ohio that are a five-star or high four-star. If you only got six, that's only six. Right. So if you get five of them, you did just fine in state, and then you move on to Georgia and where else you need to be to get these guys. Right. Uh, One thing I listened to today on a different podcast, I won't name the podcast, but it it ticked me off, where they were talking about the Big Ten and recruiting, and, and they said something to the effect of, you know, Ohio State recruits so much better compared to their Big Ten brethren. You expect them to win the to win the conference and get to the national or the college football playoff every year. And I'm like, okay, that's true. Obviously, Ohio State does recruit great compared to their Big Ten brethren. Ohio State recruits great compared to everybody, basically not named Alabama. And I guess, and sometimes I kinda, Georgia. And then you throw in a Georgia, Clemson, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, Clemson has have, they've but even spiked then, up a little but, bit. But I guess my point I'm trying to say is, yeah, there's no doubt that they're way higher ranked than anybody in the Big Ten, but they're way high, almost everybody. So I Correct. like I feel like, you know, you could say that about. And I think they're the number one class right now so far for the 22 class. Yeah. Number one in the country. So they're going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Penn State. So, again, sixth in the conference, but don't be fooled. They're the fourth best in terms of average ranking. This is another good class from them. I, of course, had to reach out to our buddy, Perkins Penguins, to get his thoughts on this. Now, if you recall from last year's recruiting episode, he picked, as his pick-to-click, so to speak, Parker Washington, who looked hmm, pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, good. So. Yeah. His guy picked to click. I, he does kind of err towards the the uh, skill player position. Most, most people do. Yeah, but Lonnie White Jr., also a wide receiver. He's out of Malvern Prep, Malvern PA. He's a 6'2", 210, so big wide receiver, 167th overall guy in the country. And one of the things that Perkins likes about this guy is he was a baseball player, he's a basketball player, he's a football player. He would have been a high draft pick in the major league draft, but he decided to take to pursue football instead of baseball. He went from not having a 24-7 profile at all to immediately being in the top 200. So this is a guy that jumps out immediately okay. when you watch him. Um, and obviously probably a, like a room to grow as well. Um, okay, another nitpicking it was from the same podcast uh two things that they said that just made no sense to me in relation to penn state they kind of like brought james franklin into question as far as like his recruiting prowess or just overall where he's at i mean i i guess maybe penn state 
I mean, maybe it could be a tick higher, but like they, th- this last class, this, this last very last one is, is lower. But again, I think that has a lot to do with the number of dudes in the class. A lot to do with numbers, probably not as high average ranking as they're used to getting, but it's not a big step back either. Right. So, I mean, it's 22nd uh, nationally. He's been in the top 20 almost the entire time he has been in there inside the top. Okay. uh, Once that he wasn't inside the top 20. Um, And that was his first year. So that doesn't really count. Doesn't really count. I mean, they've been in the top pretty much. They're the third best team recruiting in the Big Ten every year. There's some things that you can pin on James Franklin. His recruiting has been really good. It'll probably go right back to where it's been I after so. this year, as long as there's no major changes. The other thing, too, that annoyed me, and this wasn't, I guess, so much recruiting, but overall program, but I think it plays back into recruiting. They were breaking down Penn State, you know, moving on from last year, certainly a disappointing year, into this year. And one of the guys said, you know, they lost a lot. Okay, they lost a lot, but that doesn't give any credence to the fact that Penn State always replaces their dudes. Yeah. How, what? How many times does Penn State have to replace dudes with dudes? Right. Where the national people, because Georgia gets, they get the 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 you know benefit of the doubt. LSU gets the benefit of the doubt. Florida gets the benefit of the doubt. Penn State should get the benefit of the doubt. They have dudes high up in the uh, NFL draft. Every single year, they always have studs. It, it's no different from what I'm seeing now. And if there's here's one thing I can say. The only thing I can say is Penn State outperforms Michigan on the field for the most part. Yep. Wouldn't you say? Over Absolutely. The so I, I would challenge James Franklin because he's kind of firmly in that three position. If you look over the last – over his, you know, tenure – you need to live in the two spot. That's he, your goal. You need to pass Michigan in recruiting. Yeah. You need to be the firm number two in the conference. And I think it's doable. It's definitely doable. There's because no reason they can't they're do obviously a they're a Jersey school just as much as uh, for Michigan. And I would say for younger recruits, maybe even more so. I mean, younger I mean, I've, recruits have I've seen more success out yes. of Penn State than they have out of Michigan. No doubt. So I think that that's a thing. And then the area that they're in, I mean, they're in that DMV, magical DMV area as well. Yeah, it's not too far away from and, uh, Jersey. I mean, they, yeah, they're that too. not far from Jersey. So another guy, 6'6", 300-pounder, an offensive tackle out of good counsel. Only Maryland is their actual their highest recruit. So – I think that's uh, they haven't performed great on the offensive line, so it's kind of good to see that. I think. All right, moving on to the Purdue Boilermakers. So 14th in the conference, but I assure you, this is not the worst team in the conference. This is the 13th. It's bad. it's bad though. This is a this bad is class. the 13th ranked class in the conference. Only 15 total commits. Pretty low overall ranking, 85, um, which is essentially an average three stars. Your typical guy. And here's another thing. I don't want to pile on too much. Their their highest-ranked guy, you may recognize this name, Yanni Karlaftis out of West Lafayette, Indiana. So there's another Karlaftis. He's a four-star guy, uh, 251st-ranked overall in the country outside linebacker. If you take him away, which obviously you can't. He's part of this class. This is basically the Illinois class. Hmm. That one, so that, I mean, you're not being facetious. That one dude swings the class yeah. that much. Yeah. Um, so I have gone on record of making sure I've said that I was completely wrong about Daryl Hazel. I thought he would be pretty successful at Purdue. What, what was it that, that made you think that just, I maybe I just, I don't feel like I, had I just strong... like, I just liked his cut. I don't know. He, okay. he had the Ohio state 
linebacker, younger he Trestle, and I yep. just thought it would it would work out. Then I look at his recruiting classes. They 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 were horrible, atrocious, like as bad as basically can can be. I mean, the average class would be thirteen and a half, like either last or second to last under Hazel. I mean, we're talking consistently in the 60s, 70s, even an 80-ranked class 80th at one point. 80th in the country is – you should you're, you're, never – You're do... getting below a lot of group of five teams. Absolutely. So that is bad. Brom comes in. First year is atrocious. Again, it happens Not to everybody. Not his fault. Yep. Not his fault. Takes a little step up to 11th in the um, – so first year was 14 in the Big Ten, dead last, 72 nationally. Next year up, 11th in the Big Ten. They take a three-spot jump. 52nd naturally. That's looking good. Next year, 5th in the Big Ten. 25th nationally. You're like, holy cow. Brom is doing work. He's doing it. He's starting to make He's getting it done. everybody nervous. Then back to 7th Which in the still Big is Ten. pretty good for them. Still very good. 32nd nationally, but all the way to whether you would call it 13th or 14th in the Big Ten, 75th nationally, that is competing against the worst Hazel class. Or it's, at the very least, a Hazel class. It's it's astounding. So Purdue fans better hope this is, this is the anomaly because the trend shows that it's dying off. They better hope this is the anomaly, that there's more wins this fall, and that the recruiting picks back up. Okay, so what I'd like to say is this is – just looking down at Purdue over the last 10 years, this is an, a rare occurrence in recruiting. As much as I love recruiting, it pretty much stays the same. You don't see a, a team a go from basically averaging being the worst team, worst recruiting team in the conference all the way up to five and seven. But then you once you do that, you usually see results on the field, and it keeps happening. It keeps trending. Now it's bounced way back. This is incredible for me looking at this 10-year trend here. It's very it's rare. something it's very rare in, yeah. in recruiting. Yeah. So um, um and, and then the other thing too, I mean, I don't mean to pile on, but if I say something that you believe is just wrong, call mm-hmm. me out on it. That same goes for you to to Purdue fans as well. Not only have the classes not been looking great trending the past 18 months or so, um, the other side of it is the makeup of the classes hasn't been good. They had way too many guys recruited in the same couple positions. They have not done good along the lines, O-line or D-line at nope. all. If you take the Kalafkas nope. brothers out, the O-line, D-line classes the last three years have been abysmal. I don't know. It's just You're not this, wrong. This gets into the Brahm is a better coordinator than he is program builder stuff. I mean, it's starting to kind of look that way. And and again, so they, they only have 15 commits, which does not include transfers. I'm going to get to transfers a little bit. But three of those 15, again, are wide receivers, which seems a little too many for me. And again, those two of those guys are two of their higher-ranked guys again. So uh, you're just not seeing them filling guys on the lines. Um, you're not seeing it so much at... at uh, like, like, honestly, you know what would make the most sense is if after Iowa and Purdue got done with their classes... Purdue traded a wide receiver to Iowa, and yep. Iowa traded a lineman. Yeah. Both, both classes and teams would probably work out better if they pulled off that trade. That's probably true, but they <laughs> did get a number of transfers, which is good. Five transfers, one from Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, um, and then a couple uh, smaller schools. So hopefully that helps out. Um, but, yeah, just not a great trend to see for the Purdue Boilermakers right now. 
Moving on to the Rutgers Scarlet. Better Knights. trending. Better trained. Ninth in the Big Ten. Are you kidding me? That I mean, just that that quickly. That's how he turned. Just night and day. But yet, Ash Ash did have a. a he okay. did. Yeah, he did. Um, but another one where the in-state recruiting is very impressive. And there's a ton of talent in Jersey, so you can do that. They have nine in-state guys. Their top three players are from Jersey. The, here, This is amazing to me. They got this guy, this lineman, out of Illinois. His name is Ryan Keeler, Nazareth Academy. So same high school as J.J. McCarthy that is the quarterback going to Michigan. Huh. So he's a strong side defensive end, 6'5", 250, um, out of – I mean, out of Illinois. How is he pulling a guy out of Illinois? And he's got another one on the hook for the next class out of Illinois. That's impressive. I don't know. Maybe there's a connection I don't realize. Yeah. But I remember that guy getting recruited. I don't think there was. I think he just wanted to play for Shiano. And then, I mean, as far as the in-state, I don't think you can talk too much about it in that these, there was – there was a Bulma effect, a Beetle effect when, you know, same kind of thing when he got to Jersey. He's a year in front of, uh, of Beetle where he knew he just it was time to go to work inside the Garden State. And right from the get go, you could tell he was just picking up right where he left off with some of the relationships. And it's already working out. And I want to mention this guy, Elijah Clark out of Cam Camden, New Jersey, 6'2", 180 cornerback, 274th ranked guy in the country. So that's just recruiting at a level that we have not seen recently from them. But let's take a look at what they've been doing the last 10 years in Piscataway. I mean, they're pretty interesting, too. It's very interesting, right? I mean, am I seeing this correctly? Like, where Kyle Flood's second-to-last class would have been ranked. Which, by the way, really was Shiano's class, because Shiano was the, the was the coach right before. So okay. he had those guys coming in, and Flood kept them. So you, it's you got to credit both of them. But they would have finished third in the Big Ten. That's insane. Unreal. That is extremely encouraging if you are a Rutgers fan. Absolutely. And then, you know, Flood started falling back. He went from that to 9, 10, 11. And then Ash comes in 12, but he was ninth at one point. So it, that seems to kind of be the – because Flood, Ash, and now Shiano, if you take the other class out, nine seems to be the ceiling. Yeah. Kind of like Indiana, that's where they got to break through a little bit. Yeah, I, and – Boy, I I just gotta say I'm really impressed with what he's done so far. I, I don't know how you can't be, and the t the team looked better too. I mean, it's so hard to crawl out of the hole that they were in. They were so atrocious in 2019, embarrassing. And, and they weren't great in 2018 either. And they were terrible in 18 as well. And I mean, they <laughs> already can, looked better on the field, coach, and now he's bringing in talent. And how hilarious is it that Tennessee did not want him? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. I made some, I had some zinger on Twitter not too long ago about that. God. Oh, I, I know what it was. When they were, t some Tennessee guy was talking about, you know, who do they, who do they go after? I, and I go, you got to think it's Shiana, right? <laughs> I mean, that should get, that should get thrown <laughs> over every Tennessee fan for, we got another decade left to throw on that because boy, did they make, they, they made their own bed with that crap. Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to the Wisconsin Badgers. Last but not least. Last but not least for sure. Third, third best in the big team 10. So, I mean, look out. They, they were, they had great teams when they were recruiting in the middle of the conference. I'm I'm just scared at what we're going to see on the line. Or could uh, it be a Michigan State effect? It, or it could be. Who you never Who knows? you never never know. Recruiting's crazy. By the way, so, that same thing happened to Iowa too. 
Oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah. It did. I forgot about that. They got all those guys out of Illinois, basically. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so their top three players, their top three ranked players, all from the... State of Wisconsin. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, what position? O-line. All for, every one of them. Yeah. Okay, top-ranked guy is a 6'8", 295 guy out of Pennsylvania, actually, offensive I'm, I'm just going to make the names up. Don Doranovich. Um, actually, th- this guy's Italian. <laughs> Nolan Rucci. Okay. Yeah. Right. So he's he's a he's a five star guy. Okay. They got a five star oh, offensive right tackle, and then they got two uh, two four stars. They got one out of Wisconsin, and the other one out of Lakeville, Minnesota. Got their names in front of you. Uh, yeah. JP Ben Schwave Ben Ben <laughs> Of course. Ben Schwavel. <laughs> already. That's his, his brother's been on the team. And Riley Mileman. There you go. There's some Wisconsin names for you. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're not getting worse on the offensive line for sure. Uh, four star linebackers all over the place. They got a nice wide receiver here. Uh, their lowest ranked player in this class is significantly better than the average rank for Illinois. Really? Yes, yeah, significantly better, like noticeably better. Yet I still feel like they do struggle getting big difference makers at skilled positions. Well, they only got a three-star quarterback and both running backs are three-star guys, which is surprising. I don't, I, I, what is with it? Why would you not want to go to Wisconsin? If you're a high four-star or even a five-star running back makes no sense to me. I mean, I would think that the best running back in the country would want, would be at least looking at Wisconsin. I mean, I'm sure I'm the best running back in the country is probably going to go to Alabama. You know, I mean, it's pretty much how it's been. But Ohio wouldn't you State's at least gonna, consider Wisconsin? Right. But like that very next tier down, maybe the. Well, like the Jalen Berger from yeah. last year, he did go to Wisconsin. He pretty was high. he was a pretty high ranked guy. But there was there was a number of running backs ranked ahead of him. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Number. I don't know. It's it's one of the weirder things. Um, but yeah. And then back to linebackers. Does it even matter what their star rankings are? It really doesn't. But I'm I'm afraid. Like, are, could they possibly be getting better at linebacker? Is that know. even possible? I don't know. It's a scary thought if that's the case. Okay, so let's look at their last ten year trend. Um, pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. I, they did have one. So when uh, it looks like when uh, Bielema, yeah, transition to yeah, transition from B to Anderson. But yeah. then they're pretty solid right in the middle of the conference. Seven, and five, I'll say six, this. six. When we talk about the the transition classes that struggle, Chris in his first class transition is no. almost exact same. Yep, exact same. If but there's ever a team to bust the trend, of course it's Wisconsin. Correct. So they were again mostly in the middle, but then last year uh, moved up to fifth, sixth the year before that, and this year all the way up to three. So, oh my goodness, I'm just afraid of what we're going to see on the field. Yeah, I mean it's. It's going to be interesting because, again, like to a certain degree, it's not broke, don't fix it for how they looked at their recruits. Or you just finally say, okay, whether this is a gamble or not, I don't care, but let's go after some higher ranked recruits because that's what it's going to take to finally win the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean the the guy out of the Pens- college football playoff guy out of Pennsylvania the five star guy he's, that's a little weird but why wouldn't you take him he's a five star guy and then but the other two are Wisconsin Minnesota so they're still staying you know at home yeah. it's not like they're going really out of their comfort zone no I don't know Pre- pretty impressive yeah but that's that that what's is, also that's it. pretty impressive is the work you just did for that podcast thanks Knuckles, man buddy so Very I'm, good. I'm gonna say again if. If the listeners liked the trends that we were talking about and they you want us to go back another 10 years and, and do another 
just trend episode, I'm happy to do that. Or just, um, again, the people that love recruiting love recruiting. So I feel like they will pour themselves into this and they might just have an interesting idea, idea of tidbit Maybe. for me and you. Yeah, sure. Throw that out too. We're, we're, we're all ears here. A couple other things, another plug to 24 seven sports. That's where I get all of this information. Uh, each team has their own site. I highly recommend it. They have, there's free memberships, but there's VIP memberships to get, you know, kind of behind the scenes information too, which brings me to another thing I wanted to point out. Listener Steve Morgans has his own ranking system, which I'd really love to do. I just didn't have time to pull it into this episode, but he focuses on offers, who gets who the Ooh, offers are. That's interesting. When they offered, how many Power Five offers that's versus really non-Power. So it's really interesting to me. I just haven't had a chance to do a deep dive, so I apologize, Steve. But if we do do a follow-up recruiting one, I'd like to pull that into it, fold that in a little bit that as would, well. That would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Kudos, man. Yeah. You did a great job. It was fun. A lot of, lot of work. As I always. I think it was well worth it from, you know, uh, from where I'm sitting on the other side of the table. Hopefully listeners did too. I'm sure they're going to get a kick out of it. Um, can I challenge you? Do you think you could actually break this pod down by team with uh, start time? Because people yeah. would love to probably do yeah, it too. Yeah, I can try teams. to do that. Okay. Yep. Probably be a good thing. All right, man. Good? Yeah. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We will talk to you soon.